0: Eva as a Sports on Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. We welcome once again to the Sports Show here on Scarborough Bay Community Radio on 88.3 FM, 92.7 FM, and on the tuning app in association with the Credit Union. And also joined by co presenter uh, Pat McNamara. And on today's show, we're going kayaking again. And we're also going to be talking about g- GAA. And we're going to be delighted to be joined on the line by the man who has just g- completed uh, a kayak for cancer challenge who's going to tell us all about his journey, uh, Gavin Sheehan. And then we're going to be joined by well-known local journalist, Seamus Hayes, who's going to give his thoughts on the GAA scene at the moment.
1: I know we're delighted to welcome back a uh, great hero from, from last week's uh, Cl- Clare, I suppose Clare and, and uh, Midwest Sporting uh, Circles, that is Gavin Sheehan. With his friend Mac uh, Did this amazing uh, Completed the amazing Kayak for cancer From the very very Source of the Shannon Up in Cavan All the way out To the far end Of the In Kilrush uh, For cancer uh, research uh, Very very difficult Assignment But uh, one was Well completed In good time So Gavin With the delighted That you could join us again First of all Congratulations from all of us Here on Scarlet Bear Radio
2: Thank you Thanks very
1: much Gavin um, It was a target of yours to, to, to be there on time To get the job done uh, and I'm sure as you set off full of full of uh you know hope and full of uh, trepidation, um how do you feel about having achieved what you've achieved?
2: Um, I think it probably hasn't sunk in really uh, as much as it probably should have. I think Mike Belt and Mac kind of this is something we had to do for a few years and we know a few people who've done various sections of the Shannon or various um things of it and I think if anything hasn't soaked in that we've we've done something that most people will, will never even think of how we're doing. Um, and like we said, thankfully, I suppose a lot of congratulations and a lot of good night nice messages and stuff over the last few days. Um, but we kind of still, I think we, we don't really, never really saw it as a sort of a, a slog or anything like that, um, most of the time anyway. But I think people are kind of saying, well, we've we, had we 50 plus K a day for, for over a week, like that. that's an amazing achievement.
1: And you just mentioned, you're going kind of refer there to not being done much before. Do you know if many people have done this kind of thing before in any shape or form? Or are you actually the first to kayak it the whole way?
2: So we don't believe we're the first. I um, Typically, so what we did, our route, we started in the Shannon Pass, which is pretty much where, where the Shannon comes out of the ground. Um, it's very narrow, like sure it's short every three feet wide, very overgrown. So... Typically, people who paddle the Shannon don't go from the very top. They'll start in a town called Dara in Cavan, um, mm-hmm. and then I suppose paddle down. I suppose there's a bit of water there through the lake. Then and, and people will typically finish up in Limerick City as well. And um, so we are only aware of two guys who actually paddled. It was a similar stint to us, so they, they started in the Shannon Pass and they actually finished up in got head. And um, but they broke that trip up into I suppose two separate trips. So. As far as you know, again, open to correction, but as far as I know, we we'll are be the only two who've done from the Shannon Pass to uh, out to the estuary towards Kilrush um, in one, I suppose,
1: in one city. Isn't there a fair variation between a three foot wide overgrown little uh, stream in Cavan and I suppose a uh, 10 kilometre, maybe 20 kilometre wide estuary near Kilrush there? That's two extremes in the one river, Gavin.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of something we we we, we did keep saying that for just during the week, like uh, as we were going further down, even crossing Lockrey Locksberg and as we went out the street, uh, five days ago we were paddling in a in a section that you could literally put your paddle from one side river to the other, and you, you could touch the bottom. Um, and now you're just in this massive body of water. You can barely even see both sides of it. that day
1: so you documented it very well the whole journey uh video by video audio and video and uh, we, we we followed as much as we could uh did you find yourself that was kind of um therapeutic in the sense that it connected you with your audience and your and your supporters and maybe helped you along the way or did you find that was maybe an extra drag having to make these videos
2: I would say a bit of both. I think it was definitely beneficial for us to kind of just pause and say, okay, we have um, existence today. We have this much left to do. Um, we've seen this. We've seen that. Like, think this was suppose, of things that really stuck out to us that we did enjoy seeing. Um, but I think, yeah, and definitely the, the element of, of trying to document it and trying to, as well as, I suppose, the, the social media stuff I was taking photos and videos and trying to find my role as well every now and again. So, I suppose, the, the time that consumed just to, uh, I suppose, try and document it a bit, a bit better as well. Uh, definitely, it's going we'll to slow it down a bit, but I think looking back now, I'll be glad to, glad to have all those phones and
0: videos, especially in a few years' time, when we're looking back and kind of reflecting on it. Yeah, uh, Gavin, Leo here, again, to echo Pat's sentiments there, and everyone here, many congratulations on on a, on a massive journey and a, a great achievement. I was going to say that to you, um, Gavin, about the, with the, uh, and I have to concord with Pat, the videos on that were absolutely excellent. It was great to follow it. But in, t- in hindsight, the memories, you know, are there. You know, obviously you have your own memories of, of doing, the, doing the challenge and, and the journey itself. But at least now they're there in documentation for everyone to see. And in, in years to come, you know, it, it will be something you look back on fondly. Yeah, definitely. And
2: there's some stuff like just a couple of moments that's big outing for both me and Matt. And straight away, I that theater of us. Spot. Almost most most memorizing, definitely crossing Lockerie really in terms of an intimidation point of view in point of view. Um really high winds, really tough conditions, but I suppose theatre. we just put the head down and just just through us for the day. Um another thing that stuck out was when we just when we came over parking weir, um coming down to the O'Brien's Bridge section, which was local enough to where we where we all are now, um, we had the Shannon Dragons, Dragon Ball Club uh, meet us there at the north side of the Weir and they escorted us down to, uh, to O'Brien's Bridge then. With um, a full crew there, and they were they were, they were hitting the drum and everything, so that was really cool as well. And I think the third team, happy that would stick out to my memory, is as we were paddling down the estuary. Uh, we were just approaching kind of Tarbert Money Point, um, and we could see both, both power stations. And then Mac was in front of me on the water, but a, a white tailed sea eagle actually flew over both of us wow. and just kind of hovered around for a few minutes, and then went went about their, went went about his business. Um, but neither of us had seen, seen, seen it at all before. So just
0: to see a bird at that size fly over you in the wild is just spectacular. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it is like a flyover, a salute that you're, you you have your journey completed. Um, Gavin, you mentioned the, the winds there. And you know there's no doubt that even though um, conditions, rain wise, were very favourable, but the journey you had, you had um, the wind not in your favour really at any time uh, during the journey.
2: Yeah, like, I think, sorry, I would say for any of the journey, definitely, like I said, most of the journey, the wind was against us. Um, a lot of headwinds, so just to give an idea, we were typically kind of out of the wind. If we ever got any shelter, we'd be cruising along. It's maybe 8, 9, 10 kilometers per hour, um, depending on how wide the river was and how much there was. But I suppose when we were, when we then got onto Lot 3 and we had a wind blowing directly from pretty much south, so directly up the lake, um, I think our progress slowed to, like, 34, four, four and a half kilometers yeah. per hour, and that was that was paddling hard. So, um, it, it cut our cut our progress in half pretty much. Um, so there was, there was definitely a lot of days where we had kind of headwinds, um, or if not headwinds, they were kind of blown in cross waves, Um, which then kind of <clears> was <throat> to turn the boat, and that makes puts more more pressure on one of your arms, then to try and keep the boat kind of you know, stable or in a in a straight line. Um, but thankfully it was just as we were coming to Laxbergen so we just approached Portumna, and that, that day we were actually blessed with a low wind, so we made yeah. mostly from, from Portumna to Gary Kennedy um, and had a lovely I think that was last Thursday um, a lovely wind then so a light wind, so that was definitely a <laughs> something that, that kind of
1: put us at ease a bit especially fastened such a big body of water there Absolutely I remember Gavin you're saying that the blisters set in fairly early as, as they would have and he was doing something manual with our hands and we were not too used to it I know now you're a very experienced kayaker but this is bound to happen so how do you actually face into the, the next day having blistered your hands the day before what, what can you cover them with and how do you ease that that horrible pain which you know it blisters cause uh, <laughs> it's not, not conventional
2: medicine I would say so and um, typically we would duct tape them and um, so duct tape your hands while dry but that, that as well gives a, gives a smooth surface so the paddle then can robust the a little section of duct tape and um, for any of the really bad ones and I, I had a couple of bad cuts in my fingers as well and we actually put super glue on um, so we put a little, little couple of that super glue and seal them up for the day and then worry about it later on that day Wow um, but it did the job anyway
1: Yeah, it did the job, as right but you had to go through the pain barrier response Now tell us a little bit about the Evenings, each uh, after each pedal, you know. I know you, you had your dad uh, kind of trace, tracking along the, the, the roads, the sites, etc. With, with supplies and camper van where, things you needed. But uh, each evening, then, what did you actually do when you came off the water? What was your routine each evening?
2: Yeah, so I suppose first up, we had intended to camp all or most of the, all of the days. Um, I think then it was with my dad following the camper van, and then it ter- turns out Max's parents also started started kind of following halfway through the week in their camper we had that option of sleeping as well so we kind of did a mixture of sleeping in the tent and then sleeping in the van and that was kind of what the weather gave that night Um I suppose in the evenings when we got to the water we kind of had usual admin and stuff to do so trying to dry the gear and just kind of put stuff away and figure out what we're doing tomorrow and what, what kind of time we're going to get up um, but to be honest I think we, we definitely underestimated how long we'd be paddling every day so we'd go on the water typically like half 7, 8 a.m. and we wouldn't finish probably until 6, half 6, 7pm
0: it's a long um, it's, a, it's a long a long trek um, uh, Gavin you know a 10 hour 12 nearly a 12 hour day on, on, on the water and people would tend to forget that you've a preparation and of course you have to tidy as you say clean up everything and dry up everything when you're when you're finished so typically your day was probably a 16 hour day really Yeah you're getting to bed pretty late and we we're obviously trying to get ourselves fed then as well in, in the evening like I think we we're,
2: were probably lucky that most places to be stopped would have been a marina like Gary Kennedy or, or Drummond up the country or, um, or Bannerhurst, places like that. So we were in kind of towns that had restaurants. So we, so again, mix and match, cooking our own food or going to, going to the restaurant. So it was good to have, Just have those local amenities there as well.
1: Just on the food situation, uh, Gavin, it's such a demanding... Uh day you know you're, you're out in the water first of all so you, you're not you have having the comforts of, of, of dry land you know diet wise what kind of had you specific diets you kind of followed and what kind of a diet suits what you were doing I mean I know sports people in endurance tests need plenty of carbs and plenty of everything else but you know you, you had to think about the fact you weren't able to get off the water every every two or three hours either so tell us a little bit about your diet and what kept you going
2: yeah, so we typically had uh, it was porridge, protein, bananas, um, stuff like that in the morning. So I suppose, just, again, it had high, high carbohydrates and high-calorie stuff in the mornings. And then we would bring a lot of snacks to us in the water as well. So like flapjacks, protein balls, uh, things like rice crispy squares, uh, jaffa cakes. just I suppose a lot of mixture of chocolates and maybe sugar and jellies and stuff that would deliver energy fast. And then just carbs that would keep you going longer as well. Um, but then I suppose we then stop for maybe sandwiches at lunchtime um, soup and then in the evening then it's pretty much just get as much food into you as you can um, and get a lot of protein in so chicken or anything like burgers beef anything like that so you can get a lot of protein because um, you want to try and I suppose, replace and recover the muscles as well in the evening you can't just eating carbs because eventually we also then tried to just take on multivitamins and stuff like that as well just to make sure that we weren't getting run down and by our life and things like that as the week went on
0: and and Gavin I know, I know as you said you had your parents and you had Mac's parents were, were, were witchy as well, medically um, obviously you're all well qualified and know the run of it was there a, a doctor kind of witchy or, 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 or was close by at all times
2: uh there wasn't, and I, I don't think we really necessitated one. And um, think like we were, I suppose, for the most part, even on the river, we were twenty, fifty meters from the banks. Like we, we could always would have been able yeah. get off, and you know, in an emergency. As um, I said, like yeah, we are, I suppose, really experienced kayaking, kind of and we, we've done the direct pre first days courses with us multiple times. And had yeah, first that was the the typical first aid gear we just um on the water. So any, any, I need I need uh bang the bruises or broken bones or something we would we'd, we'd, we'd have managed anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah I think we we did well
1: in that regard. I Everybody mean, for to pick out one point in the Shannon from the, the Shannon pot to Clarush, maybe one point in the whole journey that you felt maybe at your worst and saying, Oh God there's a l- long way to go and neck or after all already have done around what point would you say that was? I
2: definitely so I a to this. I definitely found a total of actually going at the S3. Um, and really? more so because, <laughs> well, we, we, we thought we'd have a lot of tide at our back, but the, the crosswind that was coming kind of directly across the estuary from, say, like, Castleton direction towards Ennis, um, was blowing us onto, like, the, the Clare side of the bank. Um yeah. so we're fighting that for the whole day. And then what I found particularly difficult was that you could pretty much see where you really had to go. So you were kind of coming on the estuary near Bunratty and you could see all the way down to, like, the chimneys and all and it's a it's a, it's a
0: it's a long a long way down.
2: A long way down, yeah. So I know you had to paddle twenty five, thirty k, and you you see a distance 25, twenty five, thirty k away, and knowing you had to get there today. And for, for my head, I found that very difficult because early on in the week when we were paddling say so the the more narrow sections, I was kind of with the mindset of just okay, paddle to the next tree, paddle to the next headland, small targets, see what, yeah. what happened after that.
1: Yeah, the S3 the is vast even for any of us looking at it. It's a vast body of water, all right. Can I, can I just ask you a technical point? Have you any idea, or would it vary, how many many strokes of the pedal per minute kind of thing? Have you an idea? I'm sure you do, technically you know these things, but for us um, yeah. who know not very little we- about the game, about how many pedals per minute would you be aiming for, or did it vary depending on, on conditions?
2: Uh, it would vary depending on conditions and to be honest it would vary person to person. So people would typically have with sort of different cadence depending on what what they're comfortable with. Um, we even found between myself and Mac this he would do many more strokes per minute, but he might not put as much power into each one. Um, so he kinda of gets up to speed and then just kinda of sustain that speed with a lot of smaller strokes. Whereas I was a bit different that I would put in fewer strokes, but I suppose try to put more power through them, through each of them. Um, so I think I was averaging probably I think, 75, 70 strokes. He probably do, I think, maybe 85, 90 um, per minute. So uh, it was fairly, fairly freaking that we actually never tatted up how many strokes we, we estimated to do over a week. But I'd say no. it definitely broke 100,000 e- easily each. Easily, I, I, t-
1: easily.
0: I tell you, in fairness, um, entering, from se- entering around 70 or 80 strokes, not, not that I know an awful lot about it, but it seems an awful lot in, in, in a minute. Um, Fatigue-wise, and, uh, you know, I know you're, you're very much into your your technique and that. Did you find it hard, Gavin, to keep um, a flow and keep your technique, um, you know, at much the same pitch at all times?
2: Uh, I didn't for most of the week, I think. Certainly, I thought I towards like the second last day, I started having a bit of trouble with my left wrist. So that was the, the hand that I actually twist on the paddle. Um, and that then affected my technique because I had to kind of alter it a little bit. I and mean, we ended up having to actually use, use a bit of bit of duct tape and doing some 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 wilderness first aid to figure out how to how 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 I was actually holding the paddle in my left hand. Right. And um, but I think definitely like we didn't suffer too much fatigue, like in the upper body, the shoulders and the arms, just because we were so focused on using our core and um, kind of turn. Turn the trunk um, with the paddle rather than using your your you know, your bicep, tricep, and, and lower arm, and um, to to turn it or to, to kind of pull the stroke. Because I think no matter how strong you are, if you kind of go on that road and focus on using your arms more than your core, you're eventually going to get fatigued, and that'll kind of slow you down for sure.
1: Describe uh, for us, Gavin, it was a lot of the listeners we we to know towards the end, the last kilometer roughly facing to Kill rush, uh, you know you have made it even though the wrist is sore and everything else is sore uh, just describe that last maybe 20 minutes or 15 minutes of your journey and landing and uh, the welcome you got
2: yeah it was brilliant as well it definitely didn't didn't feel real to be honest um, like we had spoke about this first back to last summer late maybe August, July um, and then it really it just scattered speed so there's been an awful lot of month, many months of preparation and emails and phone calls and training days and a load of stuff that led up to it. So it kind of felt we we, we actually stopped to play Killrush there at Catholic here. Um and, and a few more kikers joined us just to kind of bring everybody into into Killrush marina all together then. Um so it was great. Like we, we, we got got into the lock and Kilrush and then just paddled up the up the, into the marina and then just round the corner and there was like forty or fifty of our friends and family all their way for us which balloons and t-shirts and everything else it was, it was
0: a great finish to it. It was we actually didn't expect that, that thing of a crowd people came up to my, my siblings came, came up from Cork and everything to it. Yeah, it was great and Gavin to, to describe a, to put a word to describe the, the, as you came in around the end and, and, and you knew that the journey was there was it relief was it you know joy that you had you know that you had completed the journey or was it relief maybe that it was, Pain was t- over. that it, that it that it's over
2: uh, I'd say joy more so.
0: Um,
2: I think definitely like we, we had prepared a lot and we had put a lot of work in from a, a training level an organization level and just the fact that it, it all came off like we were even, even saying afterwards that nothing, uh, nothing went out, went against us in, in full life during the week. Um, we had a few niggles, we had kind of changed with the weather but there was no absolute disaster and we were just so delighted that we managed that. It
0: was such a, a big journey um, and I suppose all the sports reference friends like, and family and have nothing go wrong with no major injuries or anything like that. So it was great. And well, Gavin, sorry, Gavin, you know, I, I know I asked you the, the last week you were on, you know, it, as well as being a physical challenge, it's a real mental challenge as well, you know. It's an, it's an arduous uh, uh, journey. Did you find that did either of you have to push one another to pick one another up or were you just totally uh, f- uh, focused on, on getting the journey done?
2: Um I think we definitely you should earn some days. Um, like I I certainly found the the sections where as I said you could just kind of jump down section section by section, corner to corner of the river. I found that probably probably easier maybe than than Mac did. Um and then there was some days then like I remember even crossing cross in um, like we we passed a lot more. we'd actually see Gary Kennedy Harbour about ten ten K away. And I found that very hard mentally because yeah. I, 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 I knew I had to paddle there eventually and it was going to take about probably an hour and a half um, just just head down and weren't even talking to each at that stage. We were just saying, right, this is the job we have to do. So um, I found that quite, quite tough mentally. And then there was another day, the day actually crossing Macri, um Mac was having some stomach trouble and he wasn't able to eat or drink probably enough. So later on that day, he just going to hit the wall and just couldn't go anymore and we finished of said we're getting off the water now because before,
1: before something bad happens because he was in a, in a sort of a very, very tired state at that stage so we just kind of got the water and into a storm shelter and, and figured out what we needed. Yeah I was just actually going to you answered the question there whether you know when you have two doing it obviously you're going to do it together but there were signs maybe one guy had to slow down a bit maybe to suit the other guy and or vice versa so you've kind of answered that now anyway and um and I suppose with both sides both of you maybe supported each other in that line um, is there something you'd attempt yourself ever again even on your own uh, Gavin I know I know it's a bit soon to be asking that question or as a, or as a, as a pair or a team again uh, or is it way too soon to be talking about that <laughs>
2: um, I don't think I'd go from source to sea again uh, especially not the so the, the top section from the Shannon Pass it was quite challenging very slow progress mostly walking um, <coughs> but I think certainly like Lots of islands and stuff, uh, especially Lot 3 and a couple of Lot there as well, which I would like to revisit. Even to go there for, for day trips or camping trips and stuff just to see what they what they contain because I know there's a lot of, of islands for kind of monasteries or old churches or old villages, but even like especially in Lot we just had to kind of ignore that and just say we need, we need to get yeah. to the end of this. the weather was
0: so bad. So the next I was, time, I was going to ask yeah. you that, Gavin, uh after uh, Peter that, as you were doing the journey, all right. Obviously, you know you you were concentrating on 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 on, on kayaking uh, all the time. But I was going to say, did you even get time to take in any of the, the sites? Because it is it is a beautiful, you know, a tourist journey. Apart uh, if you're on, for, a, cruiser, a, on a cruise, on a cruise, without doubt. But did you get time to take in the sites? As you said, you'd love to go back and visit some of those would you be conscious and, 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 and you know, about oh, yeah. it and maybe talk a bit about it maybe as you're passing or was it full focus on getting your strokes in?
2: No, there's was definitely a we went to the spot like along the way so like, I like noise Night, neither of us had ever been there before. Obviously, Wine, River is probably the, the perfect view of it um, and there's, I suppose, a lot of, lot of even small towns in Clare from the Midlands which me being from Clare and, and Matt being from Dublin we would never probably pass through there so, like like Bannerhurst, a Bridge, even Leecham Village, like up upriver, and um, we would never have really been there at all before. So it was great to just like even stop in there and have a bite to eat, and I suppose make make plans to, to return there again at a later time. Because I think definitely from my perspective, anyway, I I do I suppose enjoy the outdoors. I do go out a lot um, for photography and stuff like that. But I would mainly stick to the west coast. So snow and I suppose that there's all this all this stuff is, is, is in. In the midlands yeah. the, the heartland of the country it's like it's like the hidden
1: there. heartlands yeah Gavin of course it's great that you've described so well for us the whole detail of, of the of the actual it, we feel like we're almost in the kayaks so ourselves. Well you've described it so well. now there was another very very important aspect to the whole event or I suppose maybe the purpose of it in many senses that was the kayaking for cancer and the fundraising aspect and the fundraising is still ongoing people can still support you online do you want to maybe just tell our listeners about that again and encourage anyone that didn't get a chance to do it just to explain to to us how they can how they can uh, support you financially again for for this brilliant cause
2: yeah we well, so first of all i'd like to thank anyone who's donated so far and uh, people have been very very generous over the couple last couple of weeks and months so um we're, we're thankfully as yes, well still still tipping t- 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 away with with the fundraiser so and um, we have a go fund page it's called kaya for cancer 2023 um so if anyone Google that it will come up so our target is 20000 euro to raise liars country Society. Um, I think today we just surpassed 16,000 euros, so we're Brilliant. almost there. Brilliant. It's over 80% of the way. Um, but yeah, our plan is to probably keep that page open for nearly a month, if if not, I suppose the, the middle of May. Um, and then I suppose we'll look at closing it up. Hopefully we'll, we'll be at the 20,000 by then. So we're going to push hard again now over the next few weeks um, for donations. And I suppose if anyone wants to work We definitely we definitely appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that page will stay open until around mid May, at least
1: but as we all know it's, it's a fantastic cause I mean every family as, as you said in your first day has been touched by it in some shape or form so uh, look what you've done you, you certainly have done your part you and Mac uh, I think Leo
0: has one more question before you wind up uh, Gavin Gavin one last question and, and obviously you, you know you have the you have the taste for, for challenges at this stage and you're an experience kayaker where would you see maybe down the line if you were to take on another journey like that or a, a challenge where might you see yourself kayaking
2: I um, feel people asking that statistic, right? I, I think, I, could, I suppose the next, the there's, there's kind of two big challenges, cycling challenges we would do in Ireland. It would be the Shannon Source to Sea, and then actually circumnavigate the country. A lot of people do as well. circumnavigating the country. Is, I think a different level of, of complexity. I was going
0: altogether. to, I was going to mention that, but uh, I was afraid. I said, uh, "Are we over oh, Maybe overstating the thing." But uh, yeah, I. I can see I can What's, see the I can see the merits. What in kind
1: it. of a timeline would that roughly take, do you think, Gavin?
2: I think typically around forty plus days it takes. and um, not surprising. And again you're 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 totally at the mercy of the weather there for Absolutely, that for that. So. Yeah. Um, people typically go like June June July. I know there is a couple of guys planning on doing it this summer. Um again hopefully the, the weather works out for them. But I don't think that's something I would I would do. Um it would obviously take it take me taking a month off work, which I don't think they'd be too happy about either.
3: <laughs> um
2: so yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, but certainly just I think now it's kind of we we've used sea kayaks and we we have them available I think for myself. I'd like to just explore like the islands and a few kind of up the, the coastal islands, especially around Connemara, and like even Yarn Islands, um just and even um mountain island and stuff of course just to get out to them because there's, there's places here that are they're not too far off the coast at
1: all they're very accessible Like and even just with a little bit of planning you can make a great trip on them Gavin um, look at what you've achieved uh, already in the last that last that week there uh, obviously is, is fantastic and we're, we're very proud to be able to have you on our programme here to discuss it as a, as a, as a good East Clareman and uh, and Mech also from Dublin of course and and uh, you know your Iron Men have achieved it so far, and you know some maybe someday you'll get around to circumnavigating the country. But uh, as I said, what you should do next, as you said yourself, is enjoy maybe what's in Ireland, hitting heartlands and enjoy those islands and uh, take a well-deserved rest. But uh, anyway, listen, well done on what you've achieved. There's a,
0: there's a book in that. There's, there's a, a book in, a, in that journey. A, there's a good book in the journey
1: as well as and a, a video maybe. But uh, look, at thanks a million for joining us, Gavin. And uh, as I said, seriously, well done. We're very, very appreciative that you've come on the program here to talk to us and to describe in great detail about about the whole journey and. We wish you every success with the fundraising that you will reach your target so Gavin Sheehan thanks a million, a million for joining us Great, thanks, thanks for having me thank you mate. thank you Gavin you're listening to Sportsline on Scarf Bay Community Radio 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare around the world on scariffbayradio.com and on the
0: TuneIn Radio app Sportsline is sponsored by Derek Credit Union and once again, thanks to Kevin Sheehan for taking the time to talk to us and what a remarkable achievement in, in that journey from Kevin right out to the Shannon history a brilliant, a brilliant achievement and we go from one brilliant achievement uh, to to another uh, of last Sunday with, with the victory for the Clare uh, Senior Footballers and we're joined on the line by well-known journalist uh, Seamus Hayes a man who's given his lifetime to covering games all Gaelic games and beyond in in the county and and beyond as well. And a man who's he's always very good to talk to. Seamus, you're welcome once again.
3: Thanks very much, Leo. Thank you.
0: Seamus, first of all, what a great achievement last Sunday, uh, the Clare footballers. You know, it it just shows how sport can be so fickle. You know, disappointment of of relegation maybe a month before that, even though the victory over Limerick in between. But last Sunday, Seamus, one of the real great days uh, for Clare football. Oh, an
3: absolutely super day, the buzz. the boys all week has been fantastic. You know <coughs> I suppose to be fair, um, uh, Clark were odds going into it. They had, had they had had the better of things with Claire in, in the recent couple of meetings. Uh, you know, and they had some good performances in the league, even though they had a few disappointments as well as was but they would have come to in us quite confident, uh, you know, that they were going to uh, go through comfortably enough. Uh and uh In fairness, Clare rose to the occasion. Uh, You know, in fairness, for the past two weeks, Clare has said little. They had worked, worked and worked towards this fixture. You know, they had focused on it. They had a number of great training sessions, I understand. They had focused on it and they had worked on what the team was going to be and they had made a number of positional switches and they all worked on the day. None more so than the movement of um, Jamie Malone to centre-back I suppose, and Kieran Russell to wing back. Uh, and I suppose the player played most of the league without Kieran Russell. You know, he was, um, he had trouble with a leg injury after a very heavy season last year with Choban County and with Chauvin both But by God, as he showed his value to this team less than that.
0: And was and absolutely Shem- outstanding. And Seamus, Shem- we <laughs> had this discussion off air earlier on today. Uh, Kieran Russell at this moment in time, if and I presume at this stage he probably is, is a nailed-on all-star nominee. Uh, I would imagine at this stage, as if, as if probably Jamie Maloney's as well after the performance last Sunday. Yeah. But to have those two as launch pads from your half-back line, you know, editor Daniel Walsh coming in from from Kilmory as well in there, you know, it really was the launch pad for when Clare really went for Cork in the second half, and Cork had really no answer to Clare, when, even though, uh, obviously there was only a pint in it, but we all know there was a lot more than the pint, you know, should have been a lot more than the pint, you know, no performance is always perfect, but the launch pad of these lads coming through, Cork had just no answer uh, to these running through their attacking at their, their, their defence. Yeah,
3: you know, I, I, it's fair to say, I think the Clare defence was making a difference at that week. You know, Killian Brennan has been uh, every, starring in every game, I suppose, and Manda start is really, really settled in but I suppose it was a big call to play Killian Ruin in the cornerback. You know, Killian had missed a lot of the league as well, uh, having had surgery and an ankle injury in the, the rest of last uh, But he was magnificent, the cornerback. Had didn't the pop up, up in corner power for the, the all-important score, you know, the piston all over the winning point. But, you know, there were big calls made by Colin Collins and his management team. You know, to... to, to, uh, to to select those fellas and they certainly obviously no no dust off because the have responded uh superbly and uh, you know Keelan Sexton again a man who's been troubled with injury throughout the league and missed a number of games because a a of North Collins for the for the uh defence on theory, you know, there were a lot of great performances and I think Clear have to, you know, the, the management have to take a lot of the credit as well because, you know, Colin Collins uh, has done so much for Claire Football and I know they were all very disappointed. They haven't been relegated uh, at the end of the league. Uh, you know, but they, <coughs> they deep down did not accept that they were going to want to be in the championship. And uh, they really worked hard uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think, you know, they were rewarded last week. And, and it's put them in a strong position. Now, obviously, they're not there. They have to beat Limerick. Simple as that. And, and you know, well, Leo, and, and you know, well, all you there uh, this is only till Limerick. week Clare and Limerick are yeah. playing oh, so they'll there, be biased in the proceedings uh, so you know Limerick will see this as an opportunity as well and they will want to get into the All-Ireland title race you know and they'll kind of be coming in on the back of uh, beating Clare in the 1st semi-final last year you know it so still hurts Clare that that because they were odds on favour to win that but you know it's another big game and it's in Limerick so uh, Clare will have to really be focused on this one because you know last week's uh, celebrations and win will go for nothing and Clare can't beat them <laughs> this week
1: Absolutely Seamus um, Cork were known for having scored plenty of goals in the league and I mean obviously Colum Collins and his background team decided that they would have to stop Cork scoring goals and apart from hitting the crossbar they succeeded totally you know how did they set up and how did they achieve that that, that great I mean Cork only scored a few points in play like so what was the key what were the main uh, ingredients in, in that success
3: well I th- I thought they were totally focused and I thought the way the followers worked back helped out the defence you know we saw it with Pierce Lillis we saw it uh, you know the work he did and uh, these fellas were back in defence I saw one clearly back there and one okay but um, you know the minute Clare lost position or there was a turnover, they all became defenders. if feel like I was and the work rate was the work rate was fantastic. Um, now the second half obviously was maybe the key because maybe the first half wasn't the best game of football that we that we have ever seen. Uh, you know, but I, when Claire went four points down in the second half after Cox left over three in a row, you know it didn't look good there for a few minutes. But uh, there was no sign of panic. This is the thing that really impressed me. There was no sign of panic in Russell and Jamie Medor. Uh, you know, these fellas stepped up big time at that stage. Uh, and the introduction of Dan O'Neill, it may be like that. Yeah. Uh, suffered a broken thumb in the first round of the league, had to have surgery, had to have pins inserted. You know, and like last Sunday was his first day back. You know, and they, they took a chance they didn't bring him in after half time, but God, does he made a difference in the second half. Not a he's a big of, man. He's yeah. a big man, and he's he one is, of the man. most improved players of the squad, I suppose, over the last over the last two or three years. But you know that was another key ingredient to the win. So.
0: And I suppose, Seamus, to be fair to Darren O'Neill, you know, and he is a big powerful for men, you know, and I don't think he gets, he gets the credit he deserves because he's a much uh, better footballer than people do give him credit for.
3: I agree with you hundred percent there. You know, the, the, oh, I suppose up to a year ago there would have been a size of maybe a number of people. Followers of football who would say that maybe he wasn't uh, the man for the job, but like he kept the head down, they believed in him. He believed in himself, <coughs> and he was—you know—he's played some outstanding games with club and county. You know, he's been key to Oakseffris as well over the last two years, and and he's a fella that you know can often in midfield a full forward should the need a rise. He's a big man, talented man, but like he made a difference in midfield the long outside I don't think uh, I don't think Hark uh, benefited from them oh. because the like, he and Alaba Bohannon, you know were able to break that ball down and there were clear men waiting for it and I'd say none more so than Podge Collins who seems to have a new lease of life this year you know, he's buzzing he's everywhere uh, you know and we all know the abilities that the man has uh, but he went through maybe a tough year or two there uh, with a lot of injuries but he's really he's really in fine for him at the moment and, uh, he knows the game and he knows where to be to pick up breaks and he picked up a lot of this last week
1: and um, you would have said the loss he, of Keane d was a big thing as well uh, we've got Shemes, one of our leading players yeah ma- time been, and because
3: he, he's been such yeah, he, he's been such a key player you know over the last couple of years and he's lost with a knee you know talking to a club mate of his this evening <laughs> who believes that he's that he'll be back at about two or three weeks time back to full fitness that he's uh, has, has made a lot of progress the last two three weeks so that
0: would be a big cross. That's for sure. Seamus, you, you spoke of a man there a, a couple of moments ago there, a, another unsung hero, and I think maybe Les the might be the, there's no doubt in this man's talent, but Lessunder might be the making of him was, um, and of course, the the, the pedigree there at and you know, what a, a yeah. game he had, and you know, it could be the, really the making of him, and he was up, he, he had a shot, saved by uh, Michal Martin in the goals, you know, but, that's um, right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He's a very much improved uh, and seems more comfortable now at county level, Seamus.
3: Yeah, he has. He has improved. I suppose he's gained in confidence as well. And you know, I suppose maybe in the old days, like I think one of the traits that Colin Collins has as a manager is, you know, he, he gives people and time and he gives them opportunities. You know, he doesn't. If a fella gets a chance today and things mightn't go well for him, he's not overlooked or forgotten about. He's given a couple of games to build confidence and to, you know, to 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 I suppose settle in and uh, um, you know that's one of Colin's traits and Dara there benefited from that and you know he has got better with every game. Eh? Same with him and McMahon when he went to Man maybe you know it looked as if he might be struggling a bit but he's now kicking some good points, kicking some very good points and growing confidence. So
1: and this was another. Uh, you know,
3: the, sorry, these
1: fellas are loving. Sorry, Shamus, you're right there. Another maybe a troublesome play, place for us has been goalkeeping there for a while as well, and Stephen Ryan now has has made things a bit more sure back there than they had been.
3: Oh, definitely, and and, and I, I I think the kick-out strategy last weekend, you know, the short kick-outs he found his men out of him, and most of the long kick-outs, you know, I'd say, you know, he's grown in confidence and he's. Uh, He's you know he's a tall man in goals. He, he's shrewd. Uh He's able to find teammates now with clearances. So um, you know he's another fellow that has benefited. You know the, with, with time and uh, the massive effort being put in by these fellows. Uh, it's, it's great for them because you know the, whatever we say in the outside world, clearly it's still seen uh, as one of the weaker, yeah. the weaker links yeah. in football. You know and, and like the. I suppose they're, still, they're fighting up in battle like counties at that level. But, you know, they have they have they have upset the Scouts so many times. And in fairness, I think Sean Kavanagh mentioned it last night, the Sunday game or last Sunday night. You know, he's of the praises of Colum Collins and what he's done for clear <coughs> football.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And Seamus, I suppose, you know, as we say, every performance isn't perfect. You know, the scoreline... Flatter's Cork, uh, to be quite honest about it last Sunday. One point, you know, as you, again, you alluded to Sean Kevin said a one-point hammering. If Clare, if, you know, and it is going to be a sticky wicket against Limerick. There's no doubt about that. They will see this as an opportunity as well. If Clare can, you know, bring the same intensity and maybe even reduce the missed chances by half, they're going to be a very, very hard team to beat going forward, Seamus.
3: Oh, they are. And look, at the, 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 the the big trust about this is beat Limerick. You're in the most final, and you're also in the group of four in the round robin. So beat me and you're guaranteed four high quality games, a minimum of four. And with a bit of luck, you might make it to the quarterfinals. You know, yeah. and we know when we'll Clare get their teeth into things like this, that have to, that have to stop. You know, to get a bit of a run going at all.
0: And does so, no, no team, no team would want to draw Clare. Uh, James. going by the way they're going at the moment. You know, um, I agree with you. I
3: agree with you. You know they're battlers and they don't give up easily. And you know I, I think anybody that's come up against them in the last couple of years know that we saw what they did against us. coming in a couple of years when us were hot players, you know, and they're able to they're, they're able to uh, um, certainly raise their game when they have to.
1: Seamus, as so, someone who, as someone who's seen a lot of football in your time and understand the game well, uh, in great depth, could you explain to the rest of us? Was there a difference in approach by Colm Collins and the team in how they played Cork and how they played, say, in the league games whereby they give up leads, uh, maybe, you know, disappointing to Dublin and Kildare particularly. Did you see a difference in, uh, maybe moving the ball quicker or going back to defend quicker? What did you see as the main difference?
3: Well, the, the, yeah, they were moving the ball quicker and they are mixing short passes with, kick, with some long kick passes. You know, fellas are moving into position and they're, able, they're, they're finding their teammates. Uh, you know, I think it, that comes from, uh, I think, a, a lot of hard work on the on the training ground. You know, but I think the big thing was that they're really focused on that they had to win last week's game. The positional switches, they made made a difference, you know, because a lot of the players, and we've seen that, oh, let's go players, a lot of the players that are in that team, uh, you know, that have been play, playing one week in attack and one week in defense. Yeah. You know, and we've seen that Pierce Lillis, he could be half-back, he could be half-forward, same with Jamie Malone. Uh, you know, and I think you have to give fellas time to settle get him into their best positions. And as far as possible, I think Claire had most of the players in their own best positions that again You know, Keir Russell, to me, uh, half-back is his position. Jamie Malone, to me, the defence is his position. Going forward, and he'll open up opposing attacks. You know, and he's able to defend as well. And, you know, things like that, I think. Uh, uh, you know, whatever and that's whatever and that's me. <coughs> and they also, I think, Got their the match price. Right. Yeah, you know they they had cut out the threat to, as they saw it from the cock guys. You know, Matthew Taylor has been causing problems the way he runs at the fences. He's got very little room left under to run as anybody. You know, and the from Stephen Sherlock is free taken. You know, cock struggled for for scoring opportunities. Now, yes, Brian Holly was a loss, uh, and that can ha- you know yeah. that can happen with Keener the lost the last
1: uh, Seamus, you know, it was often said you hear people saying that you learn a lot more from maybe gain a lot more from a loss than you do from a win. And maybe Correct. in hindsight, the Dublin game and the Kildare game, I won't say other blessings in disguise, was clearly relegated. We'll leave the Derry game out of it now because it's kind of over really at that stage. But yeah, yeah. do you think the losses of those games and the manner that they were lost in could have been a key for Colm Collins and the lads in the sideline to say, you know, they learned they found out why they lost them and they were able to rectify do you think there was a blessing in those losses in this, in a kind of indirect way
3: I do actually I do and you know I think the other thing that was brought home to me in this is the amount of time and effort that management put in you know when they're away from the training field you know the amount of, of, of reviews that they do on games video analysis uh, they spend hours and hours at it and that, that, you know they're spotting out mistakes where they went wrong you know, where the list of uh, other teams had to get an upper hand on them. And, you know, they, they've spent hours and hours in, in that uh, in that area alone. And I think it's, that's the way the modern game is run. You have to research all these, but they have worked so hard on it. You know, and I, to me, last week, you know, showed that showed that they can do, that they can uh, analyse the op- opponents and that they can get the, the best out of it. Uh, situations like this and I think they did that last week you know they really studied yeah. for them they studied I know that they, from what I can gather they really reviewed their meeting with Cork a couple of weeks around the league and where they let Cork uh, trying to get the edge on them you know Cork won that game by 7 or 8 points yeah. and they were disappointed <clears throat> with that but you know I think they learned a lot from that
1: So Jody O'Connor's videos those videos put to good use, anyway? Yeah yeah that's right
0: there's no, no, there's no doubt about it. But Seamus, you know, obviously the scenes afterwards, Leicester, they were absolutely brilliant. But there was no no doubt, and there was never any doubting that the spirit in the camp, it, it couldn't oh, be no, any no, very high. But yeah. he was showing the closeness of everyone when the game was over, Leicester, that, you know, that management players alike, there's a, a bond there that's going to be very, very hard to break. I agree
3: with you. I agree that, you know, and I think uh, it's going to get stronger now. Uh, once they once one once they get over Limerick, they get stronger with the games as they go on in the in, in the round Robin series. <clears throat> I think they learn a lot a lot more and they'll become a better team. And the younger players, I think, it's going to build them for next year. You know, going forward and it's going to build them big time. You know, so I think there's a lot to look forward to with their football. And because the underage scene is going well, it. the 20s yeah. are in the 20s one the other night the, the muscle semi final won the. The Miners had a big win tonight in the first round of the Championship. So, <coughs> there's an lot of work being put in by the different management teams and, uh, you know, building for the future. So, I think we've a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt there's a lot to look forward to uh, for clear football and, and, and long may it may may it continue. Seamus, also the under-20s had a good win in the Hurling against Warford. Um, You know, finished up a lot easier maybe. <clears> you know, but... You know, Claire, going well in the hurling as well. So, plenty to look forward to on that front, also.
3: Plenty, certainly plenty to look forward on that front. You know, and for, the, for the good win tonight, 12 or 13 points in the gap, they needed to win number one because they they had was <coughs> the two wins running, so this keeps them in the hunt. Um, you know, and they're building for the future. They're building for the future too, and providing talent. Excuse <coughs> me, for the senior team. And, you know, there was a lot of good performances tonight. So you know they've caught me swings and I think from players, uh, in the final game at the group stage. So uh, th- th- there is a lot to look forward But then the miners, uh, the miners are playing tomorrow night. That's right.
1: Uh, right. You right.
3: know yeah. in we, the re in the re-fix against Waterford.
1: That famous. Uh, yeah, no, that so, was a bit of a disaster. People dragged down to Waterford there during the week. Well, it was um, You know, twice. It I it
3: I think was uh, official done got that one badly wrong. Totally. Like that call should have been made at time.
1: Just, just just, before, before before I traveled. Before, absolutely agree I mean this, they should get right these games should be called off at lunchtime um, when they're that distance involved just what players in the under 20 are catching your eye currently Seamus
3: well obviously uh, Adam Horne is, is doing well uh, Keith Smith you know uh, he's <coughs> got some good scores again you know, tonight he's got a very good goal. I think he finished at about 1.6 or 1.7 tonight He, uh, yeah, he's doing well and Cleve has a record from um, goalkeepers and Arm Shannon uh, from Toller, you know, look yeah. good again tonight. made one or two very good saves. Sean Rin from in and Lamora, you know, yeah. there's a good and uh, there's a good spread of players there uh, from different uh, from different days. Like Patrick Crotty, maybe he was a bit quieter tonight, but like he has got a couple of great game uh, in the in the campaign so far. Uh, so there's a lot of good young fellows coming through. I was very impressed with tonight, especially his first game in, in this championship. Uh, Sinan Sin- Dunford, Dunford yeah. from Toller, okay. I think he scored about one four tonight and a fine, tall, strapping young fella uh, that has he has been impressive with cover out there uh, all last season. Yeah. So, you know, and 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 the other good thing about the under-20s at the moment, I think, there's a great spread of uh, of players from clubs across the, across the mid and east of the county. We'll say East Clare, maybe clubs have struggled a bit in the last couple of years sure. uh, with lack of numbers and things, but Lifting it again now, and, and you can see it's reflected in the players or, or in the players on the panel. You know, those players from Whitegate those players from Scarab, you know, Killanina clubs that might have been struggling for numbers and even to survive, maybe at times. Oh, as
1: well, Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, so you know, they're, they're coming through now, and that can only be good for the game at all levels
0: yeah we do Seamus, the the clock is again us also' there's, there's two uh, big games for for the ladies uh, this weekend And the ladies football playing the division They're you know, all about the main at all times either. They're playing the division three league final against uh, their old uh, fours in in Kildare. and you yeah, know yeah. it has been a mixed bag for Clare in the league, but they are where they want now they have their promotion. this is it would be nice to finish the campaign with a win over Kildare who seem to have, kind of have the Indian sign over them, don't they?
3: yeah they do they do they, they, they have beaten them well it's a pity that the game has been thought. i
2: don't know
3: maybe there's a maybe a double header things but bring the game up to Parnell Park, you know your more or swing and player pass kill there
0: yeah it's
3: in a you funny know, it's a funny one yeah but it, it's a you know it's a bit rough on spectators and traveling and the, you know, at this time of the or the, the this season costs are high as well and so I, uh, that game would have been played sometimes alone. You know, the middle of the country of Tipperary or Port East, East even, yeah. mm. it it is what it is from a clear point of view they've loaded a lot of good young players through this league uh, and if they could win this would be a massive lift for the for the team and for the game going forward
0: and Seamus finally the junior Camogie team the Clare second team uh, playing against uh, the rivals of Antrim who defeated them in the All-Ireland uh, Championship semi-final last year it's important for Clare. Seamus, has gone forward, maybe to get out of this division. There isn't, you know, I know they're getting games, but they're not really of a competitive level. Maybe one or two games. So it's important for Clare for these ladies to challenge themselves more, maybe to get out, of, win, win in this division, and and get out and be playing at a higher grade.
3: I agree with you hundred percent, Leo. And the other thing is, by doing that, you know they will going to throw up a few players.
0: Yes, it'll be uh, that'll knock on
3: the door with, with the with the senior team. You know, and and, 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 and challenge our places in the senior team with the championship coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it will be interesting. Uh, try to, uh, maybe it was a mixed bag for players in the league, but when they were good, they were very good. You know, so hopefully yeah. that, uh, that you know, hopefully the juniors can win this title uh, because every title is a lift. Uh,
0: sure, you know,
3: yeah. it's a lift for the county. Gives the game a, a a big boost. So hopefully that can happen at the weekend.
0: Indeed. Seamus, you're very good to take your time, take the time to talk to us. You've covered a multitude there, there for us. And as always, uh, it's a pleasure having you here on Scariff Bay Community Radio, Seamus.
3: No problem any time, Leo. It's great to, ta- great to talk to you. It's great to be talking about good times again for
1: clarity
0: and winning times. 100%. That's sure. 100%. We, we echo those sentiments entirely. Seamus Hayes, good to ra- yeah. Thanks, Seamus. Good luck. Okay, lad. Thanks very much. And once again, thanks to Seamus Hayes for taking the time to talk to us. Pat, in the last, uh, you know, we didn't discuss it there with Seamus. Uh, he'd been through and off that. But in, in the last week in, in pet, there's been two major um, decisions, of, two major incidents. And one was the retirement of, in my book, the top referee in the country in, in Fergal, Horgan, uh, retiring with immediate effect from all games. It's not, I think, something that the association can be proud of. No he's a very proud man and a very good ref was a very good referee and maybe maybe might come to change his mind not a good day for for the referee association Pat. No I mean there's there really is a shortage of top class referees in the country
1: that's widely known Gerhoy would have told us about that at county level and you know local level but also at national level you're picking from that pool of of good refs in each county and uh, as you said Leo correctly I think Fergal Horgan was at the top of the, of, of that pile um the bit I, saw him, I always thought he was that Seemed to understand The game hurling More so than just being technical Common sense And also I remember clearly And it was the reasons he gave was You know Not getting enough appointments Maybe Putting all the work in at the fitness And the experience he had And you know, it was, you can see his point, but but what I what I remember well is that when he was mic'd up there for that there was a documentary. And yes. it was it? Was it the the Ireland The, the memory. Go- to Waterford, Waterford and Galway. Galway, the Galway Waterford. Sorry, All Ireland. And when they played it afterwards, they had a mic on him the whole game, and to hear him interacting with the players, explaining his decisions, disagreeing with the players where necessary, but never annoying them. He was always kind of able to talk at the player's level and they seem to accept it and uh, very, very, very interesting. So uh, a top a top referee, one of those ones that didn't annoy you with, with inconsistencies, you know, you kind of noticed stood at him. He won't say he was, didn't didn't write to go say a refs who let the game flow or I was right because they're not because refs who let the game flow can often lead to trouble later and then uh, uh, like the monster final last year got no game afterwards John Keenan that's from exactly week, from the week point close. isn't it John yeah. Keenan is a case in point but I think he just had this common sense was a common sense approach and I know common sense isn't very common but he was one of those lads who was a huge referee who so was a huge loss to hurling and to, to Association and I'm wondering will officials get talking to him again and I don't know what it would take to get him back, but you know we cannot afford to lose players like Fer- referees like Fergal Horgan, and to my mind, he's a huge loss. I you know there's only two or three, there's only a handful of refs you could say that we consider are at at a high level. You know a lot of them we know, and it's not just us saying it. It's it's a general acceptance that players will tell you that there's, there's too many average to poorer refs. Let's face let's face facts, but. Um, Perlain Hogan wasn't one of them so I'd be hoping maybe they'll be able to do something to make him change his mind and he still have a huge amount to offer at the top level
0: Yeah and that's the second high profile referee in a number of years James McGrath from Westmead who was in the top bunch as well left a few years ago for not getting an all ireland final maybe you know was on the cusp of one maybe for a couple of years and didn't get it felt he was maybe at the end of the road you know when people, when the when the association are trying to promote referees, and you see the lads at the very top, it makes the, the recruitment that bit harder. It, it does. You're running. So does the balance be struck from the GA's point of view? Do you pick the best at all
1: times, which means it might be given the the allowance to the fellow if, if his if his county isn't involved, you might be given one guy, four out of six or whatever. Yeah. Or do you be geographically about it and spread it around to the top six, seven, eight, eight refs? I suppose there is a the balance to be struck there yes. that isn't always easy. And of course, there may be one or two very good refs can referee if their own team is, is, is in the final. But on, on balance, though, I think you pick the best, Leo. Isn't that what it's about? Or the a, a team you're picking? You don't pick your, your county team by giving one player from each club. I should be the same referees. beat the very, very best, and if the same guy is getting them and doing a great job. You know, that's what you want to. You want a top-class game. You want a well-rift. And substitute those rifts raise our level. So Fergal Horgan, might think he was at the top, and there are other referees getting a better crack at it. But I, I think none of them could match his his common
0: sense approach to the game. I think. There's no doubt about that. Mm. And look, whatever Fergal decides, we wish him. We wish him the the, the very, very yeah. best going going forward. Pet also. At the weekend, um, we had an incident in a in a challenge game, I minute mean, con challenge game between Tipperary and 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 Wexford, which was at 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 its uh, nearly at its finality at the time. But there was abuse thrown at a certain player, high profile player. In, in everyone knows his Leechin, yeah. you know, brilliant, a brilliant hurler, a brilliant ambassador for the game. You know, it has unfortunately it it does happen from time to time in sport, and it's happened in the GAA. this weekend it's something that just has to be eradicated. You know, rather than getting it, getting it into the system and you know targeting players because if it starts at county level, it will, it will walk it its will way down. Yeah. So it has to be uh, stamped on on the head well, immediately. I think everybody would agree with that, Leo. Anybody who loves the, the GA or
1: sports in general would agree with that. The first thing is, uh, you're you're now at the stage in this country like it's a very diverse country and uh, it, yeah, club level, county level, underage level, nearly most clubs will have. At least one, maybe or two players who are not ethnically Irish, who may be uh, from an African background or Asian background, or from, you know, even, uh, you know, the Ukrainians that are in yeah. there now. I know that's kids playing hurling already from Ukraine. They're only here less than a year. Uh, so look at it is very diverse, um, regardless of your thoughts on 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 immigrants or whatever. When somebody puts on a helmet and a hurling, I think it's on a hurley or a football pugs and goes out playing I think it has to be totally forgotten what the written background is and there must be not a single word or hint either from the sideline from fellow player or supporters about their background because they're out playing they're contributing to our sport they're entitled to be get the full respect you know there's give respect get respect uh, phrase used they were referees and all that I think there's no question about it any player no matter where they're from are entitled to have an absolutely free reign out in the field the same as all the others in terms of their treatment and anything other than that comments or references to the background is totally out, out of the question and the perpetrators should be punished if they can be found they should be punished to the, to the highest capacity and i'm sure you, you know that yourself you know you know how great horrible Lee Chin is but if Lee Chin was useless it doesn't matter uh, he would deserve protection and i hope the, the, you know I hope that the full oh. rigours Of the of laws Will be brought to bear on, on the person doing it
0: Yeah and it could, if you lead in This week it could, it could be someone else Absolutely. The next day We just want to stamp out Pet gore And thanks, thanks, thanks for that And that concludes Our sports so for This week here On Scarab Baker News Radio In association With their Credit Union Once again Thanks to my co-presenter Pet McNamara Thanks to our guests a Kayaker Gavin Sheehan And journalist Seamus Hayes Thanks to Jim Collins in the control tower. Thanks very much to you for for listening, in to us. and we wish all our players uh, the very best luck in their respective finals this weekend. Especially uh, the local players involved with the Clare uh, uh, Junior Camogie uh, team in that league final later on today. With, you know, from the Scariff club and the neighbouring clubs here, we wish them all the very very best. And we thank you for tuning in. To us. We hope you enjoy the programme. So, and all that remains is for me the dial until we meet again. It's Ben Day August Lawn.